One moment. That's all it can take to change a life. One moment can take you down a road you never meant to even go down. Our story today features one such moment. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory. I've got a question for you. Have you ever had that moment you can point to? The moment where things started going wrong? Maybe that moment was a choice that sent you down a road of despair. Fortunately, we are also a moment away from hope. Friend, as you know, life is filled with choices. Choices that can take us down roads we never would have thought we'd go down. Those paths can be lonely, dark, and filled with heartbreak. But as we find out in today's story, there is always a second chance to make things new. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it. Part one of the true story of Jordan Northrup. Where's my... Uh, yeah? He's alive. Uh, uh, dude, how'd I get home last night? Well, you drove everybody home. Don't you remember? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> how you feeling, man? Uh, like I got hit by a truck. My head is... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to class today. No way, me neither. I'm just confused because the last thing I remember was being at the bar and getting another round of, um... Tequila shots? Oh, oh no wonder I feel terrible. Oh, I must have blacked out after that. Yeah, then you dropped the girls at Sloan's and you drove me to East Town. Then you must have uh, got yourself into bed. Are you in the bathroom again? No. <laughs> I made it to bed this time. That's a major accomplishment. Uh, you know me. Very high achieving. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, get some sleep. Yeah, you too. I was born in the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio. My mom stayed home with me and my two younger brothers while my dad worked as an electrical engineer for a national telephone company. Church was always a big part of our lives. I attended kindergarten at a church and we went to services together every weekend. My favorite family memories were some of my first. Hi, Dad. Isn't it your bedtime? Yeah, but you came home after dinner, so I was just saying hi. Oh, I appreciate that. I missed you. I hate getting home late. Is that that movie? Sure is. One of my favorites. That's the sheriff there. What's the sheriff again? Oh, um... A sheriff is the person that keeps the peace and enforces the law, restores order in the world. I want to be a sheriff when I grow up. Well, you can be anything you put your mind to. Can I watch a little with you? <sighs> Don't tell your mother. I won't, I promise. Come here, kiddo. 
He struggled to understand how to give God his whole heart and nothing less. This is the story of his journey towards surrender. Part one of the true story of Jordan Northrup, right now on Unshackled. Those sweet early years were fleeting, and by the time I was six, my parents filed for divorce due to marital problems. I was hurt and confused. We lived with our mom and saw our dad every other weekend, but in time, my mom remarried and moved us across the country to Maine for four years. We were in a rural community where families lived so far apart that homeschooling was the only practical choice. We'd come together for church and group learning a few times a week. Mom insisted that each of us learn an instrument. That's sounding really good, Jordan. Thanks. You know, Mrs. Friels asked me if you'd like to play with the choir at church this Sunday. Really? What do you think? What, what, what song are they doing? Amazing Grace, I believe. Oh, I like that one. It's a classic. Okay, I'll do it. Nate, how's it so no, Mom? Let your brother practice in peace. Actually, I need both you boys to pause and help me chop some firewood. It could snow another six feet tonight and we're running low. What if we run out? We won't if we start chopping now. God hasn't let us run out yet. I know, but what if? God's got us, sweet boy. We just got to do our part, too. While I missed my dad, I grew to love the outdoors, and it was another abrupt transition when we moved back to Ohio. I was born with a stutter, and between the culture shock of our return to the suburbs and my anxiety around speaking, I struggled to fit in. All right. Who can tell me the word on the chalkboard? Noteworthy. Now, thank you, Claudia. That's one of our vocab words this week. Now, who can tell me what it means? Claudia? Noteworthy is an adjective meaning interesting, um, significant, or unusual. That's right. So I want each of you to tell me about something noteworthy that happened over the weekend. I scored a touchdown. <laughs> and why was that noteworthy? Because it was the winning touchdown. Wow. Well done. So that's an important detail that makes it truly noteworthy, right? Who else? I threw my birthday party at the mall, and it was interesting because everyone came, like my cheerleading friends and my school friends and my church friends. It was significant because it was my 16th birthday, and it was unusual because it was at the mall, and I think that's pretty creative. So altogether, I'd say it was pretty noteworthy. Don't you think so, Charlie? It was a good time, yeah. All right. Uh, how about you, Jordan? I almost chopped firewood. <laughs> All right, Charlie, that's enough. Well, let Jordan answer. Does anyone really have time for that? Um, I f f f f finished reading The Return of the King. Ah, a Tolkien fan. And what made that noteworthy? It was no... no no. Come on, man. Spit it out. All right, Charlie. Zip it. It's the last book in, 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 in the series. All right. Very good. Now, if I do say so myself, I made a noteworthy omelet Saturday morning with food from my garden. Not that anyone asked. All right. Open your books to page 232. Maybe it was my lack of interest in sports and parties, or maybe it was my stutter, but for some reason, 
I struggled to get any girl to date me. In those days, the way to ask a girl out was to write her a sweet note, fold it up, slip it in her locker, and wait. Hey, Jordan. Oh, hey, Claudia. This is from Tiffany. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the offer, but I'm... Claudia! I can't read that. What does it say here? Not interested. Sincerely, Tiffany. Uh, cool. Up until this time, even with the negative reinforcement that I constantly received, I never once thought of turning to alcohol or drugs to find meaning or a new identity. I had been raised by Christian parents and was always in church, and those sorts of vices existed in an alternate universe to mine. Instead, I just accepted my fate as an outsider. This created such a sadness in me as a teenager that I sank into a mild depression. I did get a job around this time, bagging groceries, and that was a bright spot that allowed me a bit of spending money. Paper or plastic? No, plastic's fine. Hey, you want to come over tonight, Jordan? What are you up to? My brother's buying a handle of whiskey for us. Uh, would you like your meat wrapped separately? Yeah, please. It'll be fun. Scott's coming and so's Hank. Hank? Yeah, he works Sundays. Uh huh. What do you think? Uh, I I'm okay, actually. What, you don't like us? No, I I'm just... Uh, what? I, I don't drink, really. Oh, <laughs> you should. Might cheer you up a bit. Here you go. Thank you. Thanks for the invite, but that's not really my scene. Whatever, man. It wasn't until I was 19 years old that I had my first drink. I was at my best friend Bobby's house. Anyway, I just feel like they all think they know what I'm capable of, but they don't even really know who I am. Like who? I don't know. My mom just wants to make sure I go to college. I think my teachers think I should stick with science or math, but I really want to study law. Maybe be a politician even. But when I said that in first period, they all kind of laughed. Maybe they don't think I have the charisma. Well, they don't know you. Exactly. Uh, I get it. My old man thinks I should take over the shop from him. But if he'd ever paid attention, he'd know that I got no business sense at all. I just want to draw or teach art or something. Yeah. Don't you want to, like, shock people? Yeah, man. All right. Prepare your fleet. I don't want to play Battleship. What? What else would we do? Well... Dungeons and Dragons? Wanna start Star Trek from the beginning again? Or try to learn that stupid theme song on the piano? Or I could run home and get my game controller so we could finish our marathon game of... I don't want to do any of that. Who are you and what have you done? Hey, Jordan, I got rum. What? I got rum. My brother gave it to me. No one's home. Wanna try it? That's not really... We don't do that stuff. Exactly. Well, bottoms up. Folks, we'll get back to Jordan's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of 
well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to part one of the true story of Jordan Northrup. I didn't drink much during my first year of college. I spent my spare time teaching piano lessons and working out. But after one year of community college, I transferred to a liberal arts Christian college in Grand Rapids, Michigan with a big party scene. I was still struggling to fit in socially, and I was happy to discover a way to make myself invaluable. Hey, Sarah, you going to Easttown tonight? Yeah, except I don't have any booze to bring. When do you turn 21? Not till June. Well, hey, I could probably... probably help. Yeah? I'm old enough. What do you want? Vodka. A fifth. Can I see if my friends want anything? Sure. Awesome. Let me call them. Oh, here's some money. I even became known as the guy who buys. I was just happy to finally be needed by people, even if the reason was less than desirable. Of course, I did more than just buy alcohol for students. I was also drinking more and more at these parties and found alcohol to be helping to loosen my natural shyness and social inhibitions. The deal with alcohol seemed like a win-win situation for me. I got more and more bold, going out more each year, driving drunk, and before long, my life was dominated by partying. Can I have another cookie? Mm, no. Come on, Mom. You're looking a little beefy. I, I know, I just... It, it's hard to be healthy on campus. Alcohol's got a lot of calories in it. It's not that. Uh-huh. How are your grades? Fine. Really? I, I mean... <sighs> well, you're about to graduate, Jordan. And I want to know what your plans are. Are you going to stick with the mortgage industry? No, that's just a job for right now. How are your grades? <sighs> Come on, Mom. I, I didn't expect a third degree when I came home for the weekend. <laughs> so they're not great? No. Uh, I've been working a lot. Working a job you don't even want to do. I have another idea. Well, why didn't you say so? Hear me out. Okay. I might join the military. My friends had put the idea in my head, and it had taken some time to get used to. Here I was, 90 pounds overweight, with zero confidence or self-discipline, and a stutter that plagued me. My friends made the case that these were the reasons a military career could be good for me. Plus, our country was reeling from the 9-11 attacks, and this seemed like a way to do something. I chose the United States Marine Corps, mostly because they had the best uniforms. 
I starved myself and managed to lose all 90 pounds before boot camp. Attention! Eyeballs! Click! Ears! Open, sir! You are now beginning basic training! You will remain in basic training for as long as it takes you to finish! Do you understand that? Yes, yes sir! I am your captain! Yes, yes sir. sir! These are your drill instructors! From here on, we will use naval terminology! Windows are now portholes! Showers are now rain trees! Walls are now bulkheads! Do you understand that? Yes, yes sir. sir! You are here to train hard! And above all else, to never, ever quit! If you stay the course, you will become United States Marine! By the time I went to bed after my first week, I was convinced I'd made a terrible mistake joining the Marine Corps. It felt like basic training would never end. But I gave it my all, and eventually, by the grace of God, I graduated. Oh, we're just so proud of you. I saw you cry when you were inducted. I didn't cry. Yeah, you did. Maybe a little. You don't even look like the same person. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty intense. Not only have you lost weight, but... You look buff. You do. But also just, I don't know, straighter, taller. Yeah, I, I feel that way. Feels better to be me now. Oh, I'm sure I can still beat you in a foot race. I don't know, little bro. I've been running every day. <laughs> Show us around base. All right. Let's go to the officers' club first. That's where lunch is. I felt so proud showing my family around. After basic training, I went back to finish my last semester of school. While I stayed disciplined to get through my classes, once the summer rolled around, I started slipping back into my old ways. I was rightly proud to be a Marine, but after so many years of feeling like I didn't measure up, it was also the way to make myself feel superior to everyone around me. For the first time in my life, I had something that other people didn't. It made going to bars and talking to girls easier and even more fun. I would shape up when I was back in officer candidate school. Except I didn't. Come on in, Jordan. So, you've completed officer candidate school? Yes, sir. And I binge drank by myself most weekends. Oh, you finished the basic school for Marine Corps second lieutenants? Yes, sir. And I spent my days off at the clubs in Georgetown. And now you've completed logistics officer school and your first assignment at Camp Lejeune, 2nd Maintenance Battalion. Where we bar hopped until I had my computer stolen by girls we invited to our place without knowing them. Sir, yes, sir. Now you've been chosen to go to 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marine Regiment. You'll deploy to Iraq within six months. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, sir. That's a good assignment for career growth for a new officer like you. You'll see action in an infantry battalion. You'll get platoon command experience in a combat zone, and you'll serve within our chosen occupational specialty of logistics. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, then. Good luck to you. I was nervous, but determined to excel at the challenge. We were not allowed to drink on deployment, and this provided me a chance to take care of myself and get clean. I spent seven months in Iraq that time. My platoon logged 235 combat missions, and I personally commanded 115 of them. 
Most importantly, throughout all these missions, I didn't lose any Marines under my command. Some people said that my platoon was incredibly lucky, but I believe it was more than that. I'm convinced that God protected us. Yet, when I got back to the States, I was ready to let loose again. And my parents were eager to see me. Dude, it's your mom. Oh, tell her to come back. I'm not going to tell her to come back. What am I supposed to do? I didn't get back till two last night. Get up, man. I'm still drunk. Drink some water. I gotta get rid of these bottles. Jordan. I'm coming, I'm coming. Hi, sweetheart. Welcome home. Hi, Mom. Oh, don't you smell potent? <laughs> Sorry, haven't showered yet. Mom, this is my roommate, Derek. Hi there. Nice to meet you. What are your plans for the day? I'm excited to poke around Jacksonville, treat Jordan to some of the food he's missed. What are you hungry for? Everything. All right, well, let's get a move on. Where's your trash? I need to throw out my coffee. I got it, I got it. Okay, and do you have any water in your fridge? Don't go in there. <laughs> you boys. What, do you have a bunch of moldy food already? Just <laughs> let me get it. All right. By the early spring of 2009, I was ready to admit that I had a serious drinking problem. I was 29 years old and my weekends revolved around drinking. After coming to grips with my problem, I tried to establish control measures to limit my drinking. I told myself things like, rather than drinking until you black out this coming Friday, why not drink a six pack and a bottle of wine? The urge to drink would be screaming into my brain and the only way to make it go away was to get some alcohol and drink it. I became so discouraged over my lack of ability to control the monster inside that I didn't know where to turn. That's when God nudged me and I finally listened. Hey man, thanks for washing the dishes. Sure thing. I made kind of a mess this weekend. It's all right. No, it isn't. I. I know it isn't. I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to get stuff together. All good. I'm here for you. Thanks. Hey, two questions for you. Okay. Is it alright if I have some guys over on Tuesday nights? Uh, just in the living room? Yeah, for sure. Cool. It's for a, a Bible study that I'm starting. Oh, neat. Yeah. What's your second question? Do you want to come? To the... Bible study? Well, I know we used to go to church together sometimes back in the day. Yeah, right. I just thought, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to have it here and not invite you. Right, right. Uh, what do you, <laughs> like, do at a Bible study? So, what did everyone think of Chapter 3? <laughs> that was a real light one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I know. There was some heavy stuff in there. I like that definition of sin. Uh, what'd he say? Sin is transgression of the law of God and rebellion against God. And stuff that separates us from God. Yeah. Did that bring anything up for you guys? <laughs> well, crickets. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't been as responsible as I could with my money. I've known that for a while and I can't seem to get a handle on it, but... I see how my reckless spending is putting distance between me and God when I could be looking at my money as something he's given me to steward and trust him with. 
Thanks for sharing that. Anyone else? Um, I haven't really said this out loud before, and I know it may make you think less of me, but um, I think I think I'm an alcoholic, and I'm uh, yeah, I want to get better, but I just feel like I can't. Naming it is the first step. Yeah, brother. That's really brave. We're here for you, Jordan. However we can be. Even though I continued to drink on the weekends, I was thankful for those guys. I began to develop a conscience and sense of guilt and shame over my sin, and I began to seek God's help and forgiveness. Towards the end of the Bible study, I made a decision. So, read the final scripture again from 1 John to close us out, Ty. Okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. That's the end of the study. What are we even going to do on Tuesday nights? Well, thanks for starting this, Derek. It's been really special. For sure. Absolutely. Well, as we head out and hope to carry with us some of what we've learned together, I'd love to hear how we can be praying for each other. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not going to drink anymore, and I'd like some ac accountability. Jordan, that's huge. Hey, good for you, man. We'll be here for you. Can we pray for you right now? Sure. Father, we lift up our friend Jordan. We know you see him in the struggle he's in, and we know how much you love him and want what's best for him. Help him to lean on you as he pursues sobriety. And help him to know he can lean on us. And give him the strength he needs to conquer this battle once and for all. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I was able to put the bottle away for over a month. A month might not seem like much time to be sober, but for me, it felt like a lifetime. By mid-spring of 2009, I was given orders to report to Headquarters Marine Corps in Washington, D.C., where I was to work in a staff officer capacity. I was excited about this opportunity. It was a chance for me to network and build myself professionally, but it was also an opportunity to start over. After four and a half years in Jacksonville, I felt that I'd worn that option out. I wanted a new start with new people in a new place especially with my newly sober status. I was well-rested and confident. Little did I know that within two months of moving north, I would be spiraling down a dark path. As we heard from Jordan in part one of his story, Jesus looks to redeem our choices and make us whole again. He seeks to make things new and right in our lives, even with all the messy choices we've made along the way. As we've heard in this story, and as God's Word declares in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Be sure to join us for part two of Jordan's story to learn even more about this truth. Friend, do you wish to be cleansed from sin and the mess you have made of your life? Do you wish to start over and make things new? 
Jesus Christ is the only one that can give you the second chance you need to be a new creature and have a new beginning. If you have never believed on the name of Jesus Christ, why not do so now? He is waiting to enter into an eternal relationship with you. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and an upcoming podcast. And keep an eye out for the following sweepstakes drawing, which will begin in the next couple weeks. This will be your opportunity again to enter and potentially win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... This is what happens when you're as irresponsible as you have been all weekend. Would you just... This is embarrassing! You have been drunk! I don't want to hear your excuses! Jordan Northrup couldn't seem to break his addiction to alcohol. I'm not happy. With? With you, with our marriage, with your drinking, with the distance between us. I'm drinking a lot less. I don't trust it, Jordan. You've gone through these periods before, and you always boomerang. What do you want, Jolene? I want to get out of this relationship that's making me miserable. Despite his faith and relationship with God. What's wrong with me, God? Why did you make me such a loser? He kept falling back into destructive cycles. I just feel like such a failure. Well, you've got to decide now, Jordan. Who are you? Are you a failed husband? Are you a drunk? Who are you in Christ? Don't miss the conclusion of his powerful story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Jordan Northrup Part 1 were Ed DiZallo, Marcy Mancotti, Brian Plaharchik, Amanda Markeski, Steve Bayorgian, and Demetrius Troy. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant Martin Robinson. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Direction Michael Walner. Script Samantha Beach. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.